0: Good morning once again, and um, continuing on, you know, we uh, all these things fit together, and um, you can see the, the amazement of, of God's Word, because everything that He gives us all comes together. And uh, in the past, we've talked about how we are always making choices. We are either working in the light on the side of god righteousness or we are in the dark in the world satan and that we're always one place or the other that we can't just take a neutral approach and kind of coast down the middle that we're always going to be pulled one side to the other and of course if we're just coasting we're always going to be pulled into the dark And uh, life is, we have the the different things. We have the the constant, where we're constantly making these little things. And then also we have big moments where we have to take a stand. You know, like uh, Peter was presented. He had a, a moment where he could have stood up for Jesus, but yet he denied him. And that was one of these defining moments. And now we're going to talk about taking a stand. Let's turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15 and 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the the law. But thank to be God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in thy work of the Lord. For so much, ye knew the labor is not in vain of the Lord. Taking a stand. This is kind of going to be a a two-part message. There's two different things we're going to look at today. And one is taking a stand. And the other thing is taking a a wrong stand or taking an uninformed stand. And we look at what's going on in the world. We look at different things. And first of all, we should always want to stand with God. He is the truth. He is the light. He is the way. He is everything. His way is the only way. That should be our only path. God wants us to take a stand. We see in in Revelation chapter 3 verse 15. I know thy works, thou art neither hot nor cold. There are we're cold or cold nor hot, for when our lukewarm, I neither cold nor hot, I spew thee out of my mouth. God doesn't want us bumping down the middle. And so many times in life that's where we find ourselves is right there in the middle because we don't want the fallout of what happens when we take a stand. When we let know what our, our feelings are, what our belief is, what our faith lies. Because if we do that, if we take a stand, if we make a choice, the problem is that we cannot please everyone. Because not everyone is going to be the same. Not everyone is going to have the same feelings, take that same stance, or going to think the way you do. So a lot of times we we bump right down the middle. But God shows us that we have to take a stand. That he doesn't want us bumping down the middle. And God also knows. That there's going to be times. Where things are going to be hard. That we are going to take. Punishment from the stands that we take. But God tells us that this is only temporary. And that we will be rewarded for it. Later. We uh, we see a lot of, of movements going on. We see people that's. Taking a stand, so to speak. They are rioting and protesting and doing all these different things to try to make their voice be heard. And we see these great gatherings. But oftentimes there's not a lot of basis behind. You can go out there and ask questions. We talked about it last week, some that why are you there? What is this reasoning? And there's not a lot of follow-up. There's not a lot of justification for their actions. But you know, this is all part of the human condition because we want to belong. Humans are social animals, social creatures. We want to be in a group. We want to belong. We want to feel like we're part of something. If I can go back just a little bit before all the 2020, we've seen a lot of people that were coming forward and they were making accusations to different people, celebrities, of misconduct that they received many years ago, some of them going back a few years, some of them going back 20 years. And we we ask ourselves, you know, why is it that it takes so long? And then once the ball starts rolling, we see so many people jumping on board. Because it's easier to stand up and be part of a movement than it is to be part of an individual, to have an individual battle. And we all want to be part of something. I am the parents of twins. That puts me in a select category because not everybody falls in that category. It's a rarity. But when you encounter someone else in the world that shares that same trait as you do, there's an automatic connection there. Because there are certain aspects of that that is going to be the same for every single individual in that category. And it's things like this that can bring people together for a movement. So when we see one person stand up and say, this happened to me, it's easier for someone else because they can relate. They can say, well, that happened to me too. So taking a stand. We have to be informed about what we do. We as Christians are representatives of God. So our actions that we do is a reflection of Him. We are trying to, after all, our number one goal is is to bring people to Christ, to have souls saved, to have their lives turned over to Him. So, how can we do that well if we're not willing to make a stand for our God? If we're not willing to stand up and do the right thing? If we're not willing to live our lives in a way that is pleasing to God? If we're willing to not be the example? One thing things we hear about all the time is why church attendance is so low. Why nobody wants to deal with churches is because of the hypocrites. Because they go and attend. And then all week long they live a life that is everything but what God wants. We have to take a stand. And this is one of these moments now that we can take the traditional religion out of it, we can take church out of it, and just look at our day-to-day lives. Because, I said it in the beginning, every moment we are making choices with everything we do or don't do, we are deciding, are we walking in the light or are we walking in the dark? We talked about last week that it's important to participate in What is God's will? Like going to vote. We know that God can do anything. That everything is in His hands. But we still need to do our part and contribute. We are, by doing so, bringing the power of God down to earth. By doing so, we are setting an example. By doing so, we are showing what we believe. There is so much hate going on in the world today. We talked about that again last week too. We talked about how that the dislike, the hate for one person is so strong that people are willing to do anything just to remove this person, just to get rid of them, just to, to show them. Is that really what it's all about, just to show them, hey, you're not so grand? But that is not what God wants. We encounter people in lives every single day that we may not like. That our personalities don't clash. That we don't like everything they do. We may not like what they've done in the past. But it doesn't take away from who they are now and what they're doing at this moment. If you have a boss that you don't agree with everything they do in their personal lives. If you don't agree with their personality and how they are, they are still your boss. You still have to respect them. you still have to follow the company policy. you still have to do all the things of your job because that's what you signed up for. When you encounter a difficult person on the street, you don't have to engage, you don't have to become violent. you don't have to become you don't have to get in the last word. you can simply walk away. We have family members that can be difficult that do not share the same kind of belief system that we do that doesn't do the right thing but yet at the end of the day we're still family. We just see a concentration of hate and it's so misguided. We talked about last week about the importance of knowing Why it's so important to study the word, to know what it says, so we can filter through the world, so we can know what is right and wrong, what is we should be doing and shouldn't be doing. Because it's so easy. We get so much information bombarded to us, and we go with what is familiar, We have things that we get thrown up in our face, commercials, and slogans. These companies come up with these catchy slogans because it imprints on our mind. And when we we go to get a product, if we haven't done anything else, we haven't done any kind of research, we don't know any kind of reviews, anything else, what we do is we fall back to what is stored in our minds what we've heard. So we walk into the store and we remember that slogan, we see that logo, and then, oh, well, I'm familiar with that, I'm going to pick that one. Even though that the one next to it that you may not have heard of is superiorly better. We go with what we know. That's why there's so much slander during A political year. Because if you can just get a few bad things to stick, that's what people remember. And it doesn't even have to be truthful. It just has to be rememberable. And remember I've used that term that I coined, default negative, because that's where we always fall to. A person can do a hundred great things Let them mess up one time. And that's what defines them. Because that's how we are as people. So we take something. And it's amazing today with with technology what they can do. How we can edit video. How we can edit audio. How we can change things around. How everything can be an illusion, making us see what people want us to see, hear what they want us to hear. And the truth can kind of get covered over. You know, I've often wondered about why Jesus came during the time He did. And of course, there's a lot of reasons that, you know, you can throw at that. There wasn't any wars at the time. It was a time of peace and and other, other things like that. But could you imagine if Jesus was born today? If He was doing His ministry in 2020 if he was going around and trying to spread the word of the gospel, change things for the better, show people the light, perform his miracles, what kind of skepticism he would get, what kind of censorship he would get, lucky for him, he didn't have to battle the media. He didn't have to battle social networking he didn't have to battle TV and even with all that people still didn't believe they still crucified him when we're trying to sell something whether it be a product or whether it be a person we try to throw out something good make it stand out one candidate wants to reverse the uh, tax cuts that that the current administration has done and then tax the wealthy if you don't make over a certain amount of dollars every year you don't get taxed that sounds good right Because that's where most of us fall into, on the lower end of the scale. But the thing is, there's more things at work. And we only hear that one little nugget of goodness there, and we want to run with that. Well, it's going to not affect us, so this is what we're going to go with. But the thing is, there's this thing called trinkle-down economics. And see, it goes back to the garden. Remember that curse we fell under, that earth curse system where we fall out from where everything is provided for us and now we have to work for everything, that we always have to worry about not having enough. So what we do, we hoard up money, we hoard up food, we hoard up everything we can get to make sure we have enough. Well, that doesn't change. That mentality doesn't change no matter how many zeros is in your bank account because we're always under that curve, always worried about not having enough. So what's going to happen is, whenever you're an executive, whenever you're a business owner, and something comes along and affects your bottom line, like increased taxes, you have to do something to replace that deficit that you lost. So that means if you're a real estate person and you have lots of rental properties, you're gonna raise your rent. So now everyone down here on the bottom that thought they wasn't gonna be affected by this is being affected because they have higher rent costs. If you're selling a product, the cost of the product is gonna have to go up because that's a chain of events because now with higher taxes, Material costs go up. Material costs go up for the middle guy. He's got to pay more. The product costs more. Trickle down economics. Everything is always not what it seems. That's how Satan works. That is his biggest tool. Is to lie is to deceive. He's called the deceiver. And once he tricks you, and once you get into a situation, then it's too late. The damage has already been done. So what do we do? You know it's real easy. It's real easy. We have the word of God. We have the word of God. And he tells us everything that we need to know. God tells us not to judge. He tells us to follow his word. Now we're going to see two things come together. Not to judge, follow his word. So if we quit looking at the, the exterior, we quit looking at the past of people. We quit looking at the personalities. We quit looking at all these things. And we go back to the core. What God wants. We look at who stands with God. Who stands with God? And we do that by what they support. God says we shall not kill. Abortion is murder. Someone that stands with abortion does not stand with God. God stands for peace. Love, peace, meekness, humbleness. That is not violence, riots, force, looting. God stands for freedom. After all, He gave us the ultimate freedom. He gives us free will. God wants us to make choices for ourselves. You know, every time in the Old Testament when a a king would rise up, when God would make a king, it's not because He wanted them to be a king. It's because that's what the people wanted. The people wanted a king. We have everything we need to govern ourselves in this book. but people wanted a king. And look how many times that didn't turn out so well. God wants us to be happy. God wants us to love one another. God does not want division. So every time that we make a choice, we have to see who stands with God. I know I'm getting a little political here, and that's only part of it. So I'm going to jump back into religion again. So you look at our candidates who stand with God. There's your easy choice. But not only that, it's every one that we encounter with. You got churches all up and down every street you turn to. You can turn on the TV Sunday morning. There's all kind of choices you can listen to. They got books, they got CDs, they got cassettes, they got podcasts. You've got all different kind of ways that you can get God's word from other people. But you have to be careful about the people that you are listening to. Because, granted, it can be hard when you're in this position. You're standing up here and you're, you're speaking to a group. You're talking about God's word because you have to take a stand. Now, people's not always going to like that. And there's many of them, the bigger they get, the more impactful that is. But when you are asked questions that are clear in God's Word, what is your stand? On abortion, for example. As a pastor, as a person, as a born-again believer, that choice is clear. But yet there are some that are standing in multi-million dollar churches with their own TV show and multiple books that won't answer a question like that. Because they're afraid about who is going to turn away. They're afraid about how that Sunday morning offering is going to dip. But when it comes to the point that you're worried about numbers and not about the truth, it's time to change tactics because you're no longer effective. It does no good for me to stand up here and be concerned about your feelings. That seems to be the big thing today. Everybody's worried about hurting someone's feelings, about being politically correct, about all these different things. Everything's a trigger. Everything offends. And whatever that is, we have to do away with it because we can't have hurt feelings. That is not the way. It does no one any good to sugarcoat the truth. It does no one any good to take away these things, to hide God's truth because of hurt feelings. God's not concerned about your feelings. He's concerned about your soul. He's concerned about your quality of life. And the only way to have a good quality of life, the only way to have your soul redeemed is to follow His Word. Go back to marketing. Going back and forth today. Going back to marketing. A lot of times we see a celebrity front and center when they want to sell us something. Pepsi's been a big one. Back in the in the 80s, 90s, whenever it was, uh, it was Cindy Crawford. She would drink a Diet Pepsi. And then in the, in the 90s, we had, uh, well, somewhere along the way, it was Michael Jackson. Then we had Britney Spears. And, and we have all these, these celebrities. And they, they stand up there and they drink that Pepsi and they tell how good it is. And why is that? Why is that that we have this celebrity? Because here in this world that we live in, celebrities are worshipped. We treat them as gods. Because they're on TV, and they're talented, and they're rich, and they're famous. We think they are so grand that we are willing to believe anything they say just because of their celebrity status. We stand up there, and we take it all in. And we want to be like them. So we buy the product. We drink the Pepsi. We wonder how cults can form. How some person can have so much influence over someone else that they can take an entire group, make them be totally devout to them, make them even take their own lives in the name of the the cause. It's because they make it sound so good. I'm disappointed in a lot of celebrities. You know, there's very few of us that have the opportunity to be able to speak to the masses. I got a little small group here, and I'm grateful to each and every one of you that listen to me. And I try each and every week to do my very best to give you something that is pleasing to God, that can, you can use in your lives and make you better. That's why I'm so disappointed when you have hundreds of thousands, when you have this, this celebrity that you can influence the world with and you use this for no good. That when you you stand up and you say something, not out of fact, not out of research, not out of truth, but out of just your opinion, out of because that's what everyone else is saying. Would things be so bad right now if it wasn't so trendy to hate? How can the American flag ever be a subject of hate? It's now trendy. And it's because a lot of people have failed with their responsibility. You have this grand gift to be able to reach out and touch lives. And you squander it away. For what? For popularity? So you can have more followers? For money? Because of big gifts that you get behind the scenes? Because of promises of what the future may hold? We have to take a stand we go back to what God says that it's not going to be easy because sometimes making a stand means making tough choices sometimes we have to click unfollow sometimes we have to click block sometimes we have to just say no sometimes we have to get rid of the merchandise sometimes we have to say things that are not very popular, sometimes we have to stand up. But as long as we are standing up for the right reasons, as long as we are standing up for God, for His Word, for His true intent, and make sure you catch that last part, for His true intent, because many times in history people have taken something out of context from His Word and Use that for evil as well. We have to have the whole context, the whole spirit of God has to be in it. But if we do these things and we have faith and we believe in what we are doing, it's not for show. It doesn't matter if anyone sees it. It's for us. It's for God. Then, God will be pleased. His blessings will overflow and we will have our rewards. Bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, if we go further into this, this world, Father, if we continue our time here on earth, we know that things are, are difficult and will continue to be difficult. And as we stand strong as Christians, Father, we stand strong in our beliefs, we know that things are going to come down on us hard. We ask for strength during these times, Father. We ask for your protection. We ask, Father, that people can start making changes, see the truth, Father, that the scales will fall from their eyes, the truth will shine through, the light will shine through, Father. And once again, that we can, as a whole, be a a blessing, Father, be a light that shines bright for you. We thank you and ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.